Welcome to War in the Spirit, your resource for spiritual breakthrough and warfare, empowering you as believers to tap into your authority using the tools provided by God to bring about supernatural shifts. Welcome back to War in the Spirit podcast. This is Faith Popping Queen back for another episode of War in the Spirit. You are tuned in to season six, episode number three, entitled The Truth About Prophecy. It's so important for us to talk about this right now because the prophetic is really about to play a vital role in what God is doing. And it's also a time where false prophets are running rampant. And I want you to understand the truths about prophecy so that you can identify true prophets in this time where there are many who are operating and saying that they are a voice for God, but are not. So first, let me talk to you about false prophets. A false prophet at this time is anyone who says they're a voice for God, but is not currently aligned with his will. That could be somebody that's in the church. It could be somebody that's outside the church. It's important that we are testing the spirit by the spirit and not by the flesh. The other thing is there are many prophets out there who will release a word and they just want to give you a feel good word so that you will sow a seed with them. True prophets will tell you the truth regardless of whether it makes you feel good or whether it makes you not feel good because the importance is the truth is meant to set you free. The truth is meant to get you in position. So every prophet that wants to give you a feel good word all the time, but will never tell you the truth about where you really are and things that you might need to change and shift in order to realign with God is not in position. The other thing that I want you to know about true prophets is true prophets will tell you the truth about prophecy, which is what I'm going to talk about today, because There are things that people need to understand about prophecy and what it really is in order to be able to see a prophetic word manifest in their lives. So this topic is near and dear to my heart because it's a conversation that we do not have enough. And this is why many people remain out of position because they don't know how to navigate words that have been spoken into or over their lives because we have not told them the full truth about prophecy and how to operate in it, navigate in it, to see it to fruition. So this week we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about it in many different facets. The foundation is you and your spirit. One thing I want to first debunk because everybody says this and it drives me crazy. Prophecy is not the future. Everybody says, oh, prophecy is the future. No, and and that's one of the reasons why I think people have such, a lot of people have such an adverse reaction to prophecy because people don't actually teach 
really what prophecy is. So prophecy is not the future because God does not operate in the future. God operates in the now. He is a here and now God. So Revelation 22, 10 through 13 says, and he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book for the time is near. Let the one who does wrong still do wrong and the one who is filthy still be filthy and let the one who is righteous still practice righteousness and the one who is holy still keep himself holy. Behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to reward each one as his work deserves. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Here's the thing that like, I think when people say, oh, God is alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. I think that people think about A, the beginning of the alphabet and Z, the end of the alphabet. And then you have all these things in between. But God is the now, right? But so he's alpha and omega. Alpha and omega can happen at the same time. There's always the end of something. And the end of something is always the beginning of something new. So God is alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. So the beginning and the end is now. And so... I feel like that's also a thing that we need to understand about God. That's why Deuteronomy 28 says, if you obey these commands, I give you this day. You shall be the head and not the tail, the lender and not the borrower. You shall always be at the top and never at the bottom because God operates in the now. He don't operate in what you did before. He don't operate in what you about to do. He only operates in the decisions that you are making right now. And Moses is a prime example. Moses did all that stuff for God. He went into Egypt. He gave up his position in the Pharaoh's palace. He went to deliver the people. But at some point, he broke faith with God. And that caused him not to be able to cross over into the promised land. So see, Prophecy is not the future. It's what God is telling you, you need to do right now in order for you to receive something, right? So what I like to say that prophecy is like God's best offer for your life. God is saying to you, hey, this is what I have for you. And hey, in order to get it, though, this is what you have to do. This is my offer for your life. This is what I'm promising to do for you. But watch, it's contingent on a response. It's not a freebie that God is like, I'm just going to rain down three wishes from the sky and let you have what you want. No, no, no. There's a contingency on prophecy. Just because I release it to you does not mean it is going to happen. It means that you have to respond. God, When God told Noah to build the ark, he said, I'm going to save you from the flood, right? But if Noah had chosen not to build the ark, he wouldn't have gotten saved. He would have drowned with everybody else, right? And so it's contingent upon a response. The fact that mountains only move at the sound of your voice, if you believe and don't doubt, there's a contingency. Prophecy is contingent also on your ability to believe and be obedient to the instruction of God in order to see the manifestation of his word. 
It is what is required in order to qualify for his offer. So it's so important that we understand that and that that we operate in this. Hebrews 11, one through three says, now faith. It doesn't say last year's faith. It doesn't say next year's faith. It says now faith is the certainty of things hoped for. A proof of things not seen. So your faith in the now, right now, is what certifies what you hope for and is proof of what has been spoken but you have yet to see. And you know what's so interesting about that is God gives a measure of faith to each of us. So the proof that what God has said that you have yet to see exists is your faith why because he gave you the faith to believe for that thing so faith is the evidence of the thing that you can't see your faith the fact that you have faith to believe that thing is the very evidence of the thing that you can't yet see because god gave you the faith to believe for it you didn't just gather up that faith on your own He gives you a measure of faith. So if you have the measure of faith to believe for the thing that God said, that is the proof that the thing is already done because he's given you what you need in order to see it through. Again, another example, Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 says, do not call to mind the former things or consider things of the past. Behold, I am doing something new. Now it will spring up. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. I'm going to tell y'all something else that I heard somebody else say that I thought was so important to understand about prophecy itself. And it's that prophecy needs something to oppose it. Otherwise, it's not a prophecy. So if it looks like it's going to happen, if you can see how it's going to be laid out, it's not a prophecy. Why? Because there's evidence of it, right? Prophecy needs something to disagree with. It needs something to oppose it. That's what makes it a prophecy. That's what makes you stretch your faith. What God does is he uses prophecy to bring us out of a position where we are and into a position where he desires for us to be. When a prophetic word is released, oftentimes the first time that word is released, it's so that you will begin to engage in the proper response necessary to manifest that word. And the next time that God speaks to you about that thing, oftentimes it's time for it to begin to manifest. So every time you receive a prophetic word does not mean that that word is supposed to manifest in that moment. This is not a snap your fingers, wiggle your nose, and boom, it's all here. It's a process of response. Now, does God need time to make that thing happen? Nope. He can snap his fingers and make it happen. What God needs time to do is to get our hearts in position so that we are ready to receive that thing that's the only thing that makes it take time is us because 
It takes us a while to do what's necessary to garner the proper heart posture, the proper mindset, and the proper understanding to steward the thing that God wants to give us. What makes you eligible for prophecy? The thing that makes you eligible for that word is for you to become the recipient of that word. So what I mean by that is you in your current state so that you become the recipient of that word. See, you in your brokenness, in your misalignment, in your disobedience, do not garner the proper identity to receive that word. So think about it as, you know, like these top secret labs and they have these biometric scanners that you have to use in order to gain access to something, right? Something that's locked away. And so it's like that. There's something that's been locked away for you, but you must have the proper spiritual biometrics that will allow you to gain access to that thing. That means there's a certain heart posture you need. There's a certain acceptance of purpose that you need. There's a certain kingdom. You have to be fully in your kingdom identity. Y'all know there was all this hype about Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, right? She talks about becoming. So becoming is the process of coming to be something or of passing into a state that suits or gives pleasing effect or attractive appearance. So prophecy is the beginning of the becoming of the person who is the recipient of that word. See, becoming is used in two different contexts, both mutually beneficial to us and to God. Definition one indicates that we are evolving into something new, attaining new attributes or a new state of being. And so when we evolve into something, passing into a new state, then it becomes pleasing and attractive to God in appearance. That means as we change and become, we become a new state and we become pleasing to God. And so it goes along with the scripture, delight yourself in the Lord, right? And he will give you the desires of your heart. So becoming is a mutually beneficial process for both us and God. Because now you look like what God wants you to look like. And God is willing to make your life what you desire for it to look like, right? And this becoming is becoming the word of God, becoming his righteousness, becoming his obedience, becoming faith, becoming love, becoming peace, becoming joy, becoming the purpose for your life. And in this way, when we submit to becoming these things, we are also becoming as in pleasing to God. We are more attractive to him. And this is the perspective that God has of the benefits of becoming. All right, let's look at Exodus chapter four, verses one through 11. It says, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake. And he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This 
said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak. And when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak. And when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them, my God, who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Huh, come on, God. So in your process of becoming, remember that God gave you your flaws too. And that even your flaws and your shortcomings have a purpose. So don't stand there and tell God what you can't do because of what flaw you got or what shortcoming you got or what weakness you got because he actually gave you that weakness so that he could show his strength through you. So don't let that shortcoming, that weakness or that fear of whatever it is that you have be a stumbling block for you not to become what God has called you to become. You see, the word is in your hands. Once you place it in your heart, you become the word. So it's like you read the word, right? And you study the word and you carry the word in your hand. But in order to become the word, you got to walk it. You can't just talk it. You got to walk it and you have to put it in your heart so that you can become the word of God. And not and when I think about that, I'm I'm not just talking about his word, his logos word, which is his written word, the Bible, right? I'm talking about his rhema word. You can't become his rhema word until you put that word in your heart. So just like that prophetic word, which is a rhema word that comes down from heaven, it's a spoken word. When you receive that word, if you just hear it and you don't put it in your heart, you will never become that word. See, not only do you become God's word, but you become the word that God has spoken over you. Like I said, you become the promises. The word says his word will not return to him void. It shall go forth and accomplish the purpose for which it was set to do. Again, that's not really about things happening around you. Those words are about things happening in you. You see, it's almost like a prophetic word is like a boomerang. God throws it at you. And the word comes to hit you first. And to cut away anything that's necessary to be cut away in order for the boomerang to then return to God so that he can release something into your life.
So those words are like a boomerang. I want to challenge y'all. Look at what's currently in your hands. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to what? The power that worketh in us. So see, he's not just raining down power over you. He's not just dropping things from heaven to bring something to you. That exceedingly abundantly is contingent on the power that you are allowing to work within you. So he began a work and he will complete it in you. So if the exceeding abundantly has not yet arrived in your life, that means there's still more power that needs to work within you. So look at what's currently in your hands and ask yourself, is this exceedingly abundantly beyond all that I could ever ask or think? And if it's not, you haven't found the fullness of what God has for you. See, God reveals to us through prophecy the exceedingly abundantly, what our exceedingly abundantly is. And then we must seek him on how we become what has been spoken. You see, because prophetic words are not just about what God wants to give you, because what God wants to give you is all tied to your kingdom identity and the purpose for your life. It's not just about stuff and success and a financial abundance or access or opportunities. It all has to do with your kingdom identity. There's a thing that God specifically sent you to do. And even the things that he brings into your life that he allows you to have are all a part of your purpose and his will for your life. People receive a prophetic word and when they don't see it happen, they go and go, God, why didn't you do it? Why didn't you do it for me? Or, or why, why haven't you done it? And they get angry with God and they get an offense with God. Instead, what we should be asking when we don't see it happen is God, what is it that I haven't done? What is it that I need, still need to understand in order to see you do this thing? Because I know that it's going to be done. I just need to understand what the contingencies are in order to see it be released. But what happens is sometimes we get so busy counting the days as they pass and we're missing the signs the wonders and the revelation, revelation and prophecy are like clues along the way to help you arrive to the final destination to get your treasure, to get your destiny, to get your promise. They're clues and small nuggets of wisdom or knowledge to keep us in faith to continue pursuing the treasure. That's exactly what prophecy is. It's like a roadmap to destiny. It's a roadmap to purpose. And so all these little words that you get along the way are like stepping stones along your path. God's like, okay, you hit that milestone. Now let me let me give you another word. Now let me tell you what to do next. Okay, you hit that milestone. Okay, now let me tell you what to do next. Okay, you hit that milestone. Okay, let me tell you what to do next. Right? And so that's what prophecy is there's a divine moment in time 
that God has ordained for you to break through based on when you become who he's called you to be. The process is response-based. So it's so important that we remember and understand that. And also remember this, walking out a prophetic word over your life is like taking a class, right? You can take the remedial class or you can take the AP class. Because regardless, you're going to have to cover all the material. But which class you choose determines how quickly you cover all the material, which makes you eligible to receive the credit. See, because when you take an AP class, you're going to get your credit faster than if you take a remedial class. You're going to move forward faster. You're going to advance faster than if you take a remedial class. And so when you're walking out this word and becoming the recipient of this word, this prophetic word over your life, you must choose and understand that the speed of your response is the speed at which God is going to respond to you. God has given us free will. We hold our destiny in our hands. God just puts it in front of us and says, this is what's available to you. It's our responsibility to then go to the table and say, God, I'm a sign on the dotted line. It's like a job offer that comes with benefits, right? He's like, hey, hey, if you sign on the dotted line for this purpose that I have for you, Here's all the perks and the benefits that come along with it. Hey, I've got a signing bonus for you. Hey, I want to provide you a place to live. Hey, it comes with a, a, a per diem. It comes with a stipend for you to eat. It comes with resources. It comes with access. It comes with opportunity. But we have to choose to accept the position. And then what happens? When we choose to accept the position, then we have to go through training in order to execute. The position. And that's exactly what prophecy is. It's God handing people a job offer. Hey, you know what? I got something for you. And when they accept the offer, then he says, okay, hey, you know what? You got to go through training before I can give you this position and all the, watch, when you're in training, you don't have no benefits. You don't get no benefits until you actually complete your training and get on the job. You know, a lot of jobs, you have like anywhere from a three to six month probationary period before you can even tap into the benefits, right? And the same is true for us when God has a word or an offer for our lives. We can't tap into the benefit until we go through the training, until we allow him to show us who he wants us to be. There's so many ways that God is directing us so that we can fully become. And it's not just read your word, pray. It's every area of your life that he's trying to prune and put in position for your full becoming. So it doesn't just stop at you reading your word, at you ministering to people, at you worshiping. It's every area of your life. It's your family. It's your relationships. It's your job. It's your finances. It's everything. Because guess what? When you move out of position in one of those areas, it spills over into your job's reputation, right? If you do something in your personal life 
and there's a scandal in your personal life, what happens? You get fired from your job, even though it doesn't have anything to do with your job, right? But it makes your company look bad. So what you do in every single area of your life has an effect on what God is calling you to and that word that he's spoken over your life and the territory that he wants to give you and the promises that he's made and the covenant that he has made with you, all of it has to do with your becoming and you can't be the recipient of that word until you fully become. You know, just like uh, fingerprint scanners and facial recognition systems, right? If there's one anomaly in the identification of the fingerprint or the facial recognition, it's not going to recognize you. So you're not going to be able to access what God said. Why? Because one little thing is off. And you thought that one little thing was something so minor, like, oh, it's not a big deal. Mm -mm. That could keep you from accessing the word that God spoke over your life and the manifestation of it. It is God's will for us to be prosperous. But there's a contingency for that prosperity. Obedience is the contingency for that prosperity. And, you know, sometimes I believe that we become frustrated with God because our lives don't look like what we desire them to be. But we have not committed the time to take inventory to ensure that we are in order the way to the promises is restoring the divine order of God into our lives. You know, I met this woman and um, I gave her a word about a man that God has said could be her husband, meaning that's an offer that God is giving you, right? And she got so frustrated with God because she was making all these declarations and decreeing and declaring that it was going to happen in a certain time. Meanwhile, she's having an affair with a married man. And I was like, in what world do you think that God is going to give you a husband if you have not chosen to put your life in order first? You think he's going to be like, oh, let me give you a husband and your life is already out of order? No, ma'am. And this is the other thing that we need to understand about declaring and decreeing, because this is one of my pet peeves, y'all. You can open your mouth and decree and declare all that you want to. But if you ain't checked in with God about what you open your mouth to decree and declare, them words ain't going nowhere. They're going to fall right to the ground where you where you let them off at. Because only God's will is going to pick that word up and carry it. You know, his word says, one plants, one waters, but only God can make a thing grow. He's the one that picks up that word. So once you, just like I said, it's a boomerang. It comes, it hits you. You garner the proper response. And then the boomerang goes back to God and says, all right, God, they ready. It's your turn. Just like they say, the ball is in your court. God hits the ball into your court first and says, get in order. And then when you get in order, you get to knock the ball back into God's court and say, all right, God, I'm ready. It's your turn. But if you don't get in that order, you got to give God what God wants before God is going to give you what you want. And that's the truth of the matter. And I'll give you, here it is, Matthew 6, 33 says, but seek ye first 
his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. See, when you put his stuff first, your stuff is automatically going to fall in line. Why? Because he already was planning to take care of that for you. It's a perk of the job. It's a perk of accepting the job. So when you accept the job and you become the purpose, it comes along with it. It's a perk. It's a benefit of the job. All these things that you desire will be added unto you. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your work to him and he will establish your plans. He says it to us over and over and over and over again, but we constantly out here like, like God owes us something. God don't owe us nothing, but we owe him everything because it's not just about hearing it and saying, you know how you know how church folk do. Oh, I receive it. You know how they do. Oh, I receive that. Okay, if you really receive it, then show the walk that says you receive it, meaning that you're willing to make the change or the shift in your life that says you receive that word. See, you can receive it in your ears. You show God that you received it in your heart by moving and shifting and changing. And that's when God begins to change what's around you. It's not until you choose to change what's in you that God will change the circumstances around you. But God changes things from the inside out, not from the outside in. So we be out here like, God, my life could be so much better if you just gave me more money. God, my life could be so much better if you just gave me another job. God, my life could be so much better if you just gave me another husband or you gave me a spouse or you did this or you did that. And God is like, no, your life is broken because of you. Not because of your circumstances. It's because of your mindset. It's because of your heart posture. It's because of your disobedience. It ain't got nothing to do with the circumstances around you. It has everything to do with you and your heart and your spirit and your choices in life. Now remember, you are a spiritual warrior. Take back your power. Take back your authority from the enemy to create a supernatural shift in your life. As always, God is trying to tell you something. The question is, are you listening? If you want additional help in building your relationship with God, you can reach out to me via email at warinthespirit12 at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook at War in the Spirit 11, on YouTube at War in the Spirit Live, or on Instagram at GotFaith1222. If you feel led to sow, you may do so at Cash App, Dollar Sign, War in the Spirit, or Venmo at War in the Spirit 12. I love you. Have a blessed week, and I'll see you next time.